0: Listeners are advised this podcast contains
1: coarse language, themes of an adult nature, and inappropriate thoughts about boy bands. And inappropriate thoughts by boy bands, motherfucker. Hello. Hello, hello.
0: Hello. So we've fucked about for an hour. (laughs) Yes. And now we're going to record. This is Zoe Linkson. This is Amy Long. And you're listening to the podcast called I'm with the Boy
1: Band. What ultimate. did you say? Why did you say that so quietly? I don't you know. Kind of like whispered.
0: I'm with the, the boy, boy band. band. I just don't want people to know. Yeah. How's your week? It's it's fucked
1: up. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why? The Supreme Court decision was today. We're recording on Tuesday. Mm. I had intended to skip out of work, maybe a little bit early. Yeah. At least dead on time. Mm. To hot foot it to Amy so we could record after work this evening, and the Supreme Court. As much as I love them for their decision, fucked my day right up. Yeah, it's very inconsiderate. And we're still Brexit in as of now. <laughs> it's not changed anything, is it? It just means that they've got they've got time to discuss Brexit. Yeah, let's not make this a, the number ten sh- podcast about Brexit. I finished watching Unbelievable. Oh yeah wasn't it amazing yeah
0: really good really good I really liked it it's very pro women I mean I love Tony Collette but yeah I thought it was excellent I guessed quite a bit of it yeah but it's a true story
1: so yeah.
0: yeah 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 I don't should want to say anything we so I don't want to ruin yeah. it I don't should want to ruin it i yeah, I'll yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It. boy bad news what's happening
0: okay. I haven't
1: looked up any boy bad news this week because I spent the weekend a Saturday with a bad back mm. I um did I tell you how I hurt my back Something to do with getting changed? Yeah, I was li- literally just taking off my dress from work. Oh. Put on my back, completely out. Do you know, Lost I... Lost all of Saturday. Sunday morning, then couldn't be fucked yeah. at all. I was exhausted, so I did my research on Sunday, which is why we're now here on Tuesday.
0: I mean, I feel you, honestly. I, you, Like I said to you in that text, you'll get nothing but sympathy from me because I've put my back out so many times doing <laughs> stupid things like brushing my hair or brushing my teeth, Brushing basically, <laughs> so I've got I've got a few things that we can discuss. Okay, go for it. McFly I'm... tour, which I had to slip into last week's episode at the last minute. Oh, a nugget, yeah. So McFly announced a tour after we'd recorded the last episode. They're doing, I'm going to say twelve dates, something okay, like that. Arena,
1: 10, twelve Arenas. arena dates, yeah. Amy. So basically strong-armed me into we get like we have to get more mcfly tickets i was about to say Fluck my Fluck my mcfly tickets because we'll go and see them one time at the o2 and we'll want to go again yeah and then there won't be any tickets left so we have to buy these right now i was in the office and i went just fucking do it mate (laughs) like just thing is you know
0: what we're like when we went to see busted we were like oh i'm gutted we didn't get tickets for the tour as well very true. So I think this, I think Basically you're May, saying you're going to thank me for this. You know me better than I know myself. I just know fangirls. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're in the OMFG zone at Wembley. Come say hi. Yeah.
1: So we the same zone at both Wembley and
0: the O2. It, I mean, it wasn't easy getting tickets. I'm not going to lie. This was not a piece of cake. And I had Claire on instagram going i've got two in my basket and i was like hang on a second i think i've got two in my basket but it was taking forever and then you know you get to the payment page and it goes your credit card or visa needs to verify your payment and then they ask you for your password and you don't know what your password is known
1: as the fangirl terror zone (laughs) the
0: fangirl terror zone
1: so then i had to especially when you've got a group ticket like if there's a group of you that are trying to buy tickets and you're all messaging each other with what you've got it's a bit where everyone the entire group chat holds their breath and you're like i think i think no 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 no, i think what what and then oh my god silence and then you're like okay got them
0: yeah that's it which is exactly what happened (laughs) with us because zoe said i've got two in my basket and i was like okay proceed for now don't click buy and um because mine, I had to change the password and then re-put it in. And then it just, it was taking forever. And I was like, I don't know if this payment is processing. I don't know what is happening here. And then I was like, got them.
1: God, stress. It's not as stressful as it's buying take that ticket. Really, fan but... really, fangirls only know though, isn't it? Yes. Oh, well, I guess 100%. people buying tickets for anything. But for us, oh. it's more important because it's, there are boys. I mean, you and I now have a lot of boys.
0: Yeah, we share a boy in um, McFly as well. We both love Tom. Oh, yeah. He's barlowed so well. Oh, he really has. So well, so well. So, yeah. Moving on, I saw a tweet that I'm sure I've saved somewhere about um it was the boy band tour data tweet. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, Cause no. you know we were talking about new kids and how much new kids are made out of their tour. <laughs> I'm gonna find this tweet. I just have liked too many tweets since <laughs> I
1: liked it. I don't like a lot of tweets. I don't get the like. I will like things if I like, I i I'm gonna think about this tweet in six months and won't know how to find it or remember what it said. Oh, do you know what? I think I did it from the boy band podcast Twitter account, oh, not ours. I'm not giving you the rules about let's cut all <laughs> this out. All this bit where you're looking for a tweet. That's
0: fine, I'll cut it all out. It'll be fine.
1: I don't remember if this I This is read why we shouldn't go live read ever
0: <laughs> I don't even know if I retweeted it or just liked it. Oh here we go. Found it. <laughs> so you saw a tweet this week, Amy? I saw Tell me a t- all I saw about a tweet it this week. Top grossing tours by boy groups this year. Oh well so far this year. We're in September.
1: Who's who's it from?
0: Should we go five to one or one to five? Five
1: to one. Who's but who's done the survey? It's called touring data. But have they not said data from blah blah blah?
0: No, their account is just called Touring Data.
1: Okay, I'm going to go number five. American or worldwide? Worldwide. Westlife? No. Are they even on there? No. Okay, number five. We've
0: seen, uh, between us, we've seen four of these five boy bands this year.
1: Oh, shit. Mm.
0: Backstreet Boys? They're number three. So, number five, Jonas Brothers, Happiness Begins. I mean, their tour's not over yet. It's going into next year as yeah. well. But so far, $27.9 million. Oh. Number four, New Kids on the Block, Mixtape Tour, $53.2 million.
1: It's like Jonas really aren't making an effort, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Number three, Backstreet Boys, DNA, $63.9 million. Number two, Take That, Greatest Hits.
1: Although it's not, it's Odyssey, really.
0: 69.4 million dollars so just a little bit i more. knew that so
1: when we got the we had those figures through for new kids yeah and it was there was nothing for us to compare with that but yeah. i knew because take that we we're doing stadiums yeah so i knew the volume of ticket sales was going to be so much more. now i know new kids make a whole chunk of their money off of merchandise yeah. like the the their merchandise sells shitloads. yeah so I knew that they that would push them up, and they paid to like six hundred thousand people. Yeah, but I knew that stadium tickets are more expensive.
0: Although they weren't massive stadiums, they actually the. But sta- they still
1: the volume of, the like the foot traffic they'd have played yeah. to it would be higher than New Kids, right? And New Kids have a, a lot of their shows will have those, Groupon offers or like really low, Although, like cheap tickets. So aren't
0: the U.S. arenas bigger than our arenas? They're
1: normally
0: around. Twelve to fifteen thousand. Oh want to no, say. they're probably about the same then. Okay, so yeah, and then number one,
1: BTS. Oh, Third BTS tour. was going to be my first guess, and I was like, yeah, keep I that in the you. keep that in the back of your I head. I saw you start going. <laughs> and then as you <laughs> went number I one, that. I was like, no, I can't think of any other boy bands on tour.
0: So this is for their tour, Love Slash Speak Yourself. Guess how much? So the next closest. So what was what
1: was. Take what was number two?
0: Take that, sixty-nine point four million dollars.
1: I'm gonna go over a hundred. Am I too high? No, hundred and twenty six. Okay. Hundred and
0: twenty-six million dollars. I
1: just thought that was really interesting. So I thought I would share that. I'd like to see it at the end of the year with not just boy bands, but put them into comparison yeah. to other groups. Because we always in our very first episode. No, it must have been the basic rollers episode. We talked about fangirl money. Yeah. And how record company executives realised that there's all these preteen and teenage girls with this money and they're not marketing or selling them anything to spend their money on. Yeah. And that's how it became so big. Exactly. And that carries on through. And it's not just a nostalgia thing. Because we, we go and see boy bands that aren't a nostalgia thing for us.
0: Yeah, like the Jonas Brothers. We didn't right, even really know about them. Yeah. And we love them. So sticking <laughs> with They love us back. Yeah, they definitely do. Oh, Bay City Rollers, one of our one of the people in our Facebook group shared that the Bay City Rollers had performed in Eastleigh last you, week. Just down the road. And in fact, we've got My someone My cousin
1: lives in Eastleigh. Don't think, talk to her. Carry I
0: think on. I know some people in Eastleigh as well, but um one of our people in our um Facebook group is a Bay City Rollers fan. That's yes, the so that's... Band. Yeah,
1: yeah. we picked her up on episode two and oh. she's been with us ever since. Oh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, But sticking with BTS is where I was going, is um, they're back together.
1: <laughs> God, I could, I can just feel now the emotion for those BTS fans <laughs> when they realised that after a full two weeks their boy band had reunited. What the fuck's going on? They literally split up last month.
0: Yeah, I know. They had a what they called an extended break. Maybe in Korea, that is an extended break. they went on holiday. Yeah. Uh, And also, more K-pop boy band news. So, K-pop boy band, I don't know how you say this, but it's AB61X or IX working with Lizzo.
1: I fucking love Lizzo. Mm. And I'm not just saying that because Trevor Pennick loves Lizzo too. Mm.
0: I love her. I love her. She's so pro-fat and I love that. So yeah, they're working with Lizzo. So Lizzo loves a boy band.
1: Obviously. (laughs) Everyone have a boy band?
0: Mark Wahlberg.
1: We've done my theory before, haven't we? That everyone secretly has one boy band that they would be like, I fucking love them.
0: Yes. Mark Wahlberg.
1: Heard of him. Why does that name sound familiar? He
0: was, he's the other Wahlberg. I don't know if you'd know exactly
1: which one he was. Technically known as (laughs) the wrong Wahlberg. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the wrong Wahlberg. He was at Wahlbergers this week.
1: Oh, do you know who saw him? Yeah, I do. Go on, Row. Yes, she
0: got a picture or a couple of pictures. Yeah, that's she, one of our went, Patreon
1: sponsors. So, so she, she went, go
0: and he, so he I hope she doesn't mind. She me up, I will
1: check with her that she if she doesn't mind me telling this story. So she went in the week, she went, I want to say Thursday, yeah. Wednesday or Thursday. She met up with a friend and went to Wahlberg's. And they go and sit downstairs because the pictures downstairs are yeah. better. So she went and sat downstairs I and saw when, this on her Facebook <laughs> when yeah. they came out later. They realised that he'd been upstairs mm. while they were downstairs and they missed him, not seeing him. But he said on his Instagram story that he would be back. He's now, he's over here filming. So I think Donnie filming, told me he was over Warburgers. here. No. Warburgers is finished. Oh, I thought that had happened. So he's over here... I want to say 30 or 40 days the filming takes. He's, he's doing a film here. Oh, I see. And he said he, what, he's, he's in, nearby. He's in movies. How weird. <laughs> right? <laughs> Restaurants and movies. Crikey. <laughs> and he's Donnie Wahlberg's brother. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he he said on his Instagram stories that he'd be in and out on the time when he was in London filming. So, people should swing by. I want to say he's doing it because perhaps the foot traffic at the Wahlbergers in London hasn't been... Yeah. Yeah, so people will pop along and hang out for a working day and, and hope get to meet some Mark. Tater tots and he a was hard actually, shake. He was actually really, really sweet. I saw him with a couple having his picture taken with a couple of kids, and they blatantly had no idea who he was. Oh. And their mum was really excited, and he kept saying, "They don't know who I am, do they? They've no idea."
0: She was like, "No, have you met Mark?"
1: <laughs> I met Mark back in the day.
0: Right, I haven't. Not interested.
1: Wrong Wahlberg, <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of our own boy bands, this week just gone, this weekend just gone, was my GB day. So, 21st of September 2018, I was with GB.
1: I was about to correct you then and go, it's not that late in the month yet, but it is. (laughs)
0: It is. So, 21st September 2018, I was at the radio... What was the announcement of the Odyssey last album. year? So, at the radio places, mm. yeah. Um, so, spent the day, the morning, a couple of hours. Craving. Chas- chasing, take that around, craving. 22nd of September 2017 was the day I got
1: that lovely picture of me and G in our
0: black matching. I this love picture.
1: that picture so much. You it. just look like a couple that have gone out yeah. for a night, and as you've gone in to dinner, the photographer has gone, you a know, couple? Yeah. yeah
0: picture before you do your night out the only thing that ruins which it it's a normal
1: thing that i'd normally go no no mate i'm not paying a tenner for your picture <laughs> the only
0: thing that slightly ruins it is that he has got his in ears dangling down around his neck <laughs> and i'm holding a set of keys and a phone in my hand but yep so that was 2017 and then 21st of september 2016 you and i were in manchester at the Love oh, shine filming okay.
1: with gary barlow so this year, your date with Gary Barlow was. I had
0: an unsuccessful GB day this year. Oh no! How tragic. I was. I was considering. If I'd
1: known, I'd have sent you balloons. <laughs> Would have driven driven Elvis nuts. He hates balloons.
0: But isn't it funny that that was probably the first? I know we went to see New Kids and Backstreet Boys together in 2012, but that was probably the first kind of
1: fangirly thing we did. Yeah. You. You were like. Can we go? And I was like, Fuck yeah! I don't
0: like You've if, got the
1: tickets because you sent me the link. And when yeah. can you apply on this link for yeah. these tickets? Can like... we go? And I was like, If you want someone to get like, if no one will go with you, and you're looking for a fan I'm like, I'm your man. Mm-hmm. I will stand outside the building in the freezing cold and pouring rain in line for you to go meet your boy band. Yeah, I'm down for that. So and the rest, as they say, is history. Here we are. Here
0: we are. <laughs> Three years later. I've also been pitching boy bands for gigs this week, as I mentioned.
1: Are we allowed to talk about your new job now? Well, no, I don't really want to talk. About my, I don't really want to talk about my new
0: job. I just want to talk about the fact that I've had some pitches for gigs and that I've pitched a couple of boy bands.
1: Excellent news! Yes,
0: yeah. I was like, I've got asked. I've like, also
1: pitched myself this week as your gopher, <laughs> Should those events happen?
0: Well, it's funny because I was like, my colleague, let's say, said to me what do you think for the budget who do you think is there anyone else you want to add to this pitch and I was like yeah what about and then listed <laughs> who I wanted to pitch and um he was like great I'll add them in oh shit I can't talk about and I was like yeah, <laughs> no, i have to it's
1: cut that to out.
0: fuck that's the best part of the whole story though <laughs> anyway so I've been doing that I'm pitching this week's boy band as well but biggest news Annoyingly, take that. I've got an
1: announcement tomorrow. Oh. At 3pm. So you're going to drop in another fucking nugget without me knowing?
0: Well, do you know... <laughs> without you knowing. Do you know what, though? I think it's going to be... I think they've built... I think the build-up's been a bit over... They've over-egged the pudding on the build-up. I think so they're going like,
1: to... buy or take that Christmas card too.
0: <laughs> pretty much. I think they're announcing the DVD.
1: Oh. Oh, of yeah.
0: Of the tour. Because... The Wonderland tour, they didn't do a DVD. The It was broadcast on Sky, and loads of fans were mad. So, anyway, I think Gary's had enough of people tweeting him going, can we get a DVD for this tour? And he already confirmed there would be a DVD. Mm. And So,
1: they're is something he's already confirmed.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I think they're just going to tell us when it comes out.
1: Be In time for Christmas.
0: That's what I said. So... Yeah, that's all my boy band news, I think. Was okay. there anything else we need to...
1: I found one little thing we oh. can talk about. The uh, In the Sun newspaper this week was the top ten richest reality TV stars.
0: Oh, I'd like to hear these.
1: Uh, they're not all boy banders. Mm. And there's one, two, three, five boy banders in the top ten. And they're in as individuals, so I'm sure oh. you can guess... Who the five are immediately.
0: Oh, it's One Direction. Yeah. It?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, but change they all have different values. I know they've gone on and done solo stuff, but the the difference between what some of them have got... So Zayn... Did Zayn leave first? Yeah. That might be why. So Zayn and the reality tv rich list i much prefer this to the sunday times rich list <laughs> which is like 50 people you've never fucking it's, heard of it's much more lowbrow <laughs> yes at number six in the top 10 is zayn malik with yeah. 35.2 million
0: Who's that? Ooh. i also want
1: to know how they can be so precise
0: yeah
1: and then a massive jump to number five louis tomlinson 44 million
0: well he did x-factor so he probably got a bit for that didn't he
1: in order to get someone in between all the One Directions, they grouped Little Mix together as one entity. Oh, my God. So, Little Mix with number four with 45 million. Collectively. Yeah. Wow. Niall huran number three, 49 million. Liam Payne's at number two with 54.3 million. And Harry starts yeah. at number one with 58.
0: Yeah, I, I knew Harry was pence. the bigger earner. <laughs> I knew Harry was the biggest earner. I'm not entirely sure why. I mean, he did a movie, he did a solo tour. Actually, Harry was the one who did the big solo tour and people just fucking bought the tickets even though he hadn't even released
1: an album. Yeah, they were just so into he it. He did release an album. Can I do number seven on the list? Oh, yeah, go oh, wait, wait. I'm going to make a guess. Oh, which reality TV stars?
0: Singer. X Factor? You don't know, do you? I'm
1: going to go yes.
0: Okay. Leona? Not Leona. No. Oh, of course. Of course it is. Susan Boyle. Of course it is. God, she's making bank. Right? Yeah.
1: She hasn't done shit for years either. Yeah. Living in a little semi-detached... In fucking Scotland. Yeah. And then Pebble it... Pebble Dash semi detached. <laughs> and then I saw Ollie
0: Myers on there which I'm not surprised. He's yeah. making plenty but of money out of corporate gap. gigs. 18.5.
1: Yeah. And then the other two are um Towie and the uh, the only ways that six amazing Chelsea so they don't count they're not Is singers. Is it GC? No. Oh just Gemma Collins has got a fucking podcast. I
0: feel like i need to hear it is it terrible if you listen i
1: know i heard an advert this one so what i was listening to a podcast this morning and an advert came up i'll tell you what i was listening to it was where's my downloaded episodes this morning i was listening to no it's not on there <laughs> that's a great story grandma <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah Gemma collins with a podcast
0: okay interesting she for, sounds for so our, common um, american well, listeners we sound quite common
1: <laughs> she's basically kim kardashian but not no she's nowhere near as rich or and as there's never been a sex tape but,
0: but she is friends with jonathan Cheban because they were both on big brother together so she was like oh my god can i meet kim k can you introduce me right jonathan i'm gonna come to <laughs> la you're gonna introduce me to kim kardashian anyway so that's irrelevant
1: Great. Well, we digress. So that's news of the week. Good.
0: We're going to stop, go for a wee, come back and y- hit you with McFly Part 2. No,
1: Ultimate Boy no, Playlist.
0: For fuck's sake. Okay, we're going to get want
1: structure. <laughs> I demand structure. I'm going to be really OCD about this podcast. You wait until I start introducing a stop clock and I'm like, we've got 35 minutes to get through this shit. Go. Mm-hmm. So we uh, have to pick songs. Yeah, let's I do that right I'm, now. I haven't
0: picked one, so this is going to take a while.
1: Bye. Right then. That was about three seconds for you guys. How long for us aim?
0: Oh, God, no, it's too long. So let's pick our boy band songs for the ultimate boy band Spotify. I don't know. You say it. Why do
1: I always say it? I always fuck it up. <laughs> Literally just called the Ultimate Boy Band Playlist. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm going first. Yep. My choice this week was originally released in 1984, but failed to make any kind of impact on the UK charts, although it did peak at number three in Norway. Mm. It was re-recorded and released again in 1985 it entered the uk charts at number 55 so not great hmm. but thanks to a really good video it was the video is a pencil sketch it's cartoony mm-hmm. it got really good play on MTV and thanks to that it eventually climbed to number 2 in the uk it also entered its this band's only Big hit, really, in the US in October 1985. It went into the Billboard Top 100. And it went in at number one. remained on the charts for 27 weeks. Uh, as of five years ago, the song has sold 1,463,000 copies. My choice this week is going back to my boy band roots, my very first... Boy band that I had a crush on, never met them, too young. My choice this week is Aha's take on me. Great choice. And also Morton Harkett
0: is sixty. Yes, I know Elvis. We agree, Elvis. <laughs> Morton Harkett is sixty. Shocking. I know. He looks fucking great. He looks fucking great. I think
1: Max is the one out of Aha that's barlowing. <laughs>
0: Okay, I'll check him out. I only really know Morton. One of them had blonde hair. Paul. There we go. Well, I'm following that up with a song that, quite frankly, we're surprised.
1: (laughs) We haven't added already. It was a
0: shock (laughs) to us. So, unless someone's going to go, actually, you did choose this song. It just never got added, Amy, because (laughs) we've been known to do similar things. So, this song was written and produced... By a songwriting team, Christian London and Jake Schultz, with additional writing by Andreas Carlson.
1: I'm noting all these names for string theory. Good. We've got no string theory this week. By making vast mental notes, carry on.
0: <laughs> they stated that it was totally production-driven and created from the kick and the bass up. It was released on January the eleventh, two thousand, as the lead single. From uh, the third studio album of this boy band, its <laughs> I lyrics. Don't tend
1: to look to like, what what? Its and lyrics... I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: its lyrics describe the end of a romantic relationship. It was reported to also reference the group's separation from their manager and their record label. The song was originally intended to be recorded by English boy band Five, but they rejected Three. it because they didn't like it. This song is by boy band In Sync, and it is bye 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 bye. bye. And also, O Town do a really good version of it. So, oh, it was Eric's fortieth birthday yesterday. Ah, oh, happy birthday, Eric! I definitely slid into Virgos, his DMs.
1: Virgos are the best. No, first
0: day of Libra. Oh, yeah,
1: because I. Is not day. even on the
0: cusp? It might be the cusp, but I wrote him a DM from our... Because we can DM him from our podcast (laughs) accounts. He follows us. I believe you slid into it. I know. After you told me not to, it definitely did. (laughs) And I wrote, um, Virgos are the best. We're both Virgos. And then I went, hang on. Let's just check before I look like a twat.
1: So, yeah. Happy birthday to Eric for today. Even though you're a Libra. Okay, that's it. So, we are going to be back in roughly... Four seconds in podcast time, probably four hours in real life, mm-hmm. with part two of Boy Band of the Week ish, McFly. <laughs> Boy Band of the Week, McFly. Part two, part two.
0: Let's have a recap on episode
1: one. So, in episode one, they formed after a series of. Auditions advertised in the stage. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) One of them believed he was ideal for a boy band and then changed his mind because apparently boy bands don't play guitars. No. But we love you anyway, Danny. They got rid of the auditionee who wanked all night. (laughs) And there was some spray tan action going on and we love their mums. (laughs) Big fans of the McFly mums. Yes, we are They released their first album and in less than a year they had five, top five singles, three of them at number one. Uh, a number one album and a brit award they won
0: a brit yeah
1: and they landed at where did they land in the
0: chart amy can you remember was it 11
1: number 11 after only um, no, a don't year. Take,
0: don't take my word for it was it 11 i think it was 11 i think it right. was 11 yeah
1: after only a year no they got top 10
0: i thought that's what i thought maybe it was like nine or we're eight just
1: can you tell that this week we're basically
0: winging it yeah we wing it every number week. nine I mean. Number nine, there we go, just within the top and ten. And we
1: called that the McFly half time score. Yes. What's the truth behind that, Amy? Is it half time? It's not half time because McFly, as we've discovered this week, as I continued the research, <laughs> will probably be a three parter. Which I'm thrilled about because I'm really enjoying <laughs> doing it. it definitely be a three parter. <laughs> the main reason it's going to be a three parter is I really, really rabbit holed this week. So this episode takes us up to a reality TV chunk. And don't I... ruin it, don't ruin it. Okay, sorry, no spoilers. Okay. Following so... their Brita War triumph, the foursome headed out to New Orleans to take part in the filming of Just My Luck with Lindsay Lohan, with strict instructions from their management, which roughly translate as, Do not bang Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> which amused them as they believed there was no way Lohan would have any interest in four geeky boys from the UK with a small part in her film. In New Orleans, Lindsay Lohan was interested in one of the geeky boys in the UK who had a small part in her film. On their first day
0: on set, Danny was summoned to her trailer to receive an invitation for all of them to join her for dinner that night. All of them, eh? of them. She showed up with a friend. Andy. And her little sister. Awkward. At dinner, she regaled them with tales of all the famous people she'd slept with before firmly setting her sights on Harry as her chosen McFly. After dinner, they went to a club with Lindsay's mum.
1: More awkward.
0: Followed by a. Ha- have you seen her mum? I. Mama <laughs> Loanne. Oh, we'll we'll Google her after. So they went to a house party after that where she lunged for Harry. This is Lindsay, not the mum. <laughs> She lunged for Harry in a bathroom, but their passionate clinch was interrupted by someone
1: knocking on the door. Handy. Back in her hotel suite, as things heated up again, and Harry looked like he was about to break the one rule they'd been given for (laughs) New Orleans, Danny walked in and they were interrupted yet again. And as the night turned into morning, Lindsay said they'd have to leave as her sister always comes into her room at eight. And she pulled on an eye mask and went to sleep. (laughs) That is a classic move, Lindsay. The next day when Harry went to visit her at her trailer, he received a somewhat frosty reception. And that was it for his romantic liaison with the Lohan. A little bit of fondling. (laughs) It was over and done, left to history, but destined to be immortalised in a song for their future third album. On the 15th of August,
0: 2005, they released their second single from Wonderland, I'll Be Okay,
1: and scored themselves their fourth UK number one. This is fucking amazing. Like, it's really amazing. Yeah. The, just the hit after hit after hit. Yeah. And they're, what, 17, 18 here? Just, yeah. Well, just... yeah, maybe Dougie's that young. They might be a little bit older, it's, but yeah. I'm just, it's just so incredible. Like I was aware... Of... Can I do a McFly confession? Can I slip that in right yeah. here? I avoided McFly for a very long time because I had come back from Scotland yeah where I when you work on newspapers in Scotland they're obsessed with anything Scottish and it just becomes (laughs) incessant like every week there'd be a story about JK Rowland because she lived in Scotland once yes so I avoided McFly for a very long time because I assumed from the fact that they were called Mc like, they were Scottish. <laughs> they were Scottish and I was like, I'm done with Scotland, I can't face it anymore. I have to admit that uh, with
0: McFly, I was like, "Then they're just trying to be busted. That's what I thought, and I yeah. loved busted. So I was like, Meh. but I was wrong. So this num- fourth UK number one was followed a fortnight later with the release of their album Wonderland. It's very Take That sounding. and um, That went to number one. So by now, the boys were so huge in the UK that the nemesis rollercoaster at Alton Towers was renamed The Wonderland for a month in honour of the album release. That's
1: a bit of a weird... Mm. A weird little bit of publicity. Uh, And with the album came another tour, and in September of 2005, they went on the Wonderland Arena tour. This was their first time headlining the huge arena venues that they'd experienced when they supported Busted earlier. And right after it finished, in October, they released another single which was, I want to hold you, and that reached number three. Do you think they were disappointed at this point? It was like, one, what? Like, Do you think they were kind of like, oh, lads, we're only number think three.
0: they do. They're under a lot of, perhaps my upstairs neighbours, moving their furniture around. I think they do feel the pressure to get number ones. Yeah. But I do think that
1: happens. I do think that's a thing, but number three is pretty good. By the end of the tour, Tom decided he'd had enough of living in the band house that they still shared. It was messy because four teenage boys lived in it. And they, they basically destroyed it. Among other things, they would skateboard around the house and they would hold obstacle races I can it too. I
0: can only imagine it, yeah. The decision was made that they would move into the Princess Park complex where Busted had previously lived, which also housed Girls Aloud and footballer Ashley Cole, which is how Cheryl and Ashley, Ashley. met. And there was an apartment available which had been recently vacated by Boy Band V. You know, that famous Boy Band V. This is a, that's a
1: bit of a spoiler for next.
0: <laughs> so Harry and Danny would move into that one and then Dougie and Tom would share another one. At the same time, Tom had begun obsessing about his weight. Living for a year with no parents and nobody telling them what to do had taken its toll. And Tom had put on a couple of stone. In US, that's
1: 28 pounds. Yeah.
0: Ish, and was starting to be known as the fat one in the band. Nobody That's a, wants that. An
1: NME thing again, isn't it? Yeah, like the, having to have a dig at someone's success—it can't be. Yeah, oh, look at this teenager, the fat one. Huge, yeah. That's outrageous. But he was at that point—he started surviving
0: on nothing more than a frappuccino and a muffin from Starbucks every day, which is not a healthy choice. But that was it for his whole day.
1: Yeah, Elvis <laughs> is trying to mount me. <laughs> Trying to get off the sofa. <laughs> okay. Normally he's trying to get on the sofa. Um Tom had started to find himself in a bit of a dark place. He said in their book Unsaid Things that he knew he must have been really awful to live with. He no longer wanted to do anything with the other guys. He didn't like the music they were listening to, and the rest of the band described him as being contrary and argumentative all the time. He said he'd lost his enthusiasm for everything, and as they waited for a second apartment to become available, Tom made the decision that he didn't want to live with any of the band again and he would move in with his girlfriend Giovanna instead. Tom at this point went
0: house hunting and again in their book says that as their rent had been paid out of their joint band bank account and they got daily expenses he didn't even know how much money he had made up to this point point. and so after almost two years of full-on success he had a chat with his accountant and was pleased to learn he could afford his own
1: house. I hate to be in that situation. Oh, I know, am-
0: amazing. So shortly before
1: Christmas 2005, he found one that he liked. And same's ease for Dougie and Danny as when he took them to show them around the house, they liked it so much that they put deposits on flats in the next door complex. <laughs> and Harry, not one to be left out, would eventually buy another flat just down the road from them. Nice. In December
0: 2005 their single Ultraviolet slash The Ballad of Paul K
1: reached number nine in the UK charts. Over Christmas they all took time off and went away with their families and returned to the UK invigorated and Dougie says that when he met up with Tom again after the break that his dark brooding mood had visibly lifted. They talked about accepting what kind of band they were and how they were perceived. They were very much perceived as like everyone called them a boy band. Yeah and in the same vein as Busted, they were like, "But we're not like a boy band. Yeah. We play guitars." But they were willing to accept the label because it was working for them, exactly. Uh, and they wanted to focus instead on having fun and enjoying what they had, rather than yearning to be seen as this cool and moody group.
0: And that was the spirit with which they set about writing their album number three. Their publishers, publishers, I'm drunk. Their publishers had suggested they try writing with other songwriters. And in March 2006, Tom met up with Egg White. Egg White?
1: <laughs> in his basement studio. Uh, Egg White is... He was one of the founder members of Brother Beyond. Oh. And you'll remember from our 3SL episode, because Anne and Lisa were managed by another Brother Beyond member, who was Nathan Moore. Yes.
0: The working sessions ended after... One attempt, as Tom was unimpressed with Egg's declaration that the Beatles were overrated. I wonder if he agreed they were a boy band, though. <laughs> Danny Absolutely and Danny, boy band. <laughs> Danny and Dougie also attempted to write with others, but none of it worked out. And really, who's making the decision to try and fix a record that isn't even broken? It's a bit of a strange suggestion.
1: Yeah, guys, you've been really, really successful, but I'm afraid your last single only went to number nine, so we feel that we need to shake this whole thing up and you should write with someone else. Stupid. Uh, Tom, Dougie and Danny set themselves up a studio at Princess Park Manor. Harry, for some reason, was off playing cricket in India for sport relief. (laughs) And in 10 days in March 2006, they wrote most of the tracks that would become album number three. They also spent time re-evaluating the band's image to bring them out of the darker phase that had been Wonderland. So when they did the Wonderland album, you could see from the cover that they were trying to be more serious and grown up. But now they were embracing the fact that actually we're a young, fun band yeah, and wanting their whole, looking at the whole aspect of it. Yeah,
0: they actually are pop rather than punk. Yeah. So as Just My Luck was being released in May 2006 in the US, they went out to do some promotion for their cameo appearance. So they, have you seen it? i
1: i'm sure i saw it on netflix i tried to find it on netflix yesterday and couldn't i'm sure that's where i first saw it because i do remember the post of the Lindsay lohan i watched it quite recently okay because i hadn't seen it for a long time give me a rundown tell me all about it so they
0: play a band called mcfly oh (laughs) this is a stretch and they're managed by chris pine who plays jake It is a classic, person. well, kind of like a personality swap film, like a Freaky Friday or what have you. But instead of live slash body swaps, Chris and Lindsay swap luck. So his bad luck for her good luck. The film was universally panned, not just because of McFly, and received a 14% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not great. (laughs) <laughs> <Really> not. <laughs>
1: and it earned Lindsay Lohan a Worst Actress Razzie award. Oh, God. To coincide with the film promotion in the US, they put together an album which was an amalgamation of tracks from Room on the Third Floor and Wonderland. And they played gigs in New York and LA as well as going to the film premiere. They also got somewhat matching tattoos whilst in LA. So in a tattoo parlour opposite the Viper rooms, they were each permanently etched on their foot. Tom had the word big. Harry had the word bear. Dougie had athletes. And Danny got the brain teaser. Good F. Good effort. Big foot, bare foot, athlete's foot. Good effort.
0: That's dreadful. I did, not, I did not get that. <laughs> So you know, you were saying that they um, released an amalgamation, a US version, an amalgamation of two albums. That's quite common, yeah. for UK artists to do that in the US yeah, to take, to take the their track, biggest the... hits and, yeah. yeah. Question: did,
1: did
0: it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they did. I know Robbie Williams definitely did it, mm. but um, question: Yes, what's the song of the album that was named after Lindsay Lohan? Of album number three. Have we not got to that? No. Okay, my bat a couple of major things happened on that la trip they came up with the name of their third album oh yeah motion in the ocean whilst listening to a friend regale them with a shagging story over breakfast
1: that's it and do you know who the first person i ever heard that saying from was the, the same being it's not the size of the ship it's the motion in the ocean the first person i ever heard say that was after i'd been to sea take that on top of the pops and we were in a petrol station down the road. They were grabbing food before they drove back to Manchester. And Jason Orange said it.
0: It sounds like a Jason Orangeism. <laughs> uh And Dougie punched Harry in the face for calling him poo breath.
1: Yeah, it's really... <laughs> I don't want to just rip out of the book the entire story, but it's quite funny. Uh, in June, recording started for Motion in the Ocean in a residential studio in Ireland. In July 2006, the single Please
0: Please was released. It was the first song to come from the new album and it was another double A-side with a cover of Queen's Don't Stop Me Now. Um, I'm having such a good time. Profits went to Sport Relief, which presumably is what Harry was doing playing cricket in India for Sport Relief. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) It reached number one. Their fifth number one out of nine singles.
1: They're so fucking good. This was followed by the Motion In The Ocean tour. They had a summer vibe on stage. The set involved Cadillacs and hammocks Mm. and a beach hut, which they'd invite fans up to from the audience to watch the show from. They eventually had to stop this when the crowd started booing whoever was chosen because fangirls are jealous and sometimes we just fucking tuck. (laughs) (laughs) So if I can't get up there, I'm going to ruin it for everyone. When they played Wembley, they were joined on stage for their performance of Don't Stop Me Now by Queen's Brian May. Oh, he
0: lives just down the road.
1: Really into badgers. Is that the one? Is it Brian May that's stopped the Badger Cole?
0: I think so. I th- he's definitely a vegan.
1: He's also an astrophysicist. That's always the bit that goes, Brian May? Really he's into stars?
0: Really interesting, Brian yeah. May. And he's like a really good guy. October 2006, and their second single to come from the upcoming third album was released. It was called Stargirl, and it reached number one. So that's six number ones out
1: of ten singles. (laughs) Third album, Motion in the Ocean, was released on the 6th of November 2006 and reached number six. Oh, six. In December, Sorry's Not Good Enough stroke Friday Night, another double A side, reached number three. The tally is now 11 singles and 11 top tens. Hmm. Uh, Friday Night was featured in the film Night of the Museum. Haven't seen it. Oh, the video was filmed. So they did a video for the single which was it. filmed at the british museum cool so we roll on into
0: 2007 in march 2007 they go off on tour on their up close and personal tour and then in the may "Baby's coming back slash transylvania was released so another double a side and that was their seventh number one single out of 12
1: singles in June they make a cameo appearance in an episode of Doctor Who. I can't imagine how excited they must have been when they were asked to do this. I don't like Doctor the, Who. Never but watched they're it. Geeky boys right. into all that kind yeah, of sci-fi. I guess. They must have been over the moon. They the part they played was they it was a spoof party col- political broadcast supporting a candidate called Mr Saxon. Again, I don't watch Doctor <laughs> Who either. Weird. This is going to mean something to some of our listeners though. <laughs> yes, God. I'm sure. In November of that
0: year, They went on their 26-date Greatest Hits tour, which was one bright side of their record company wanting them to release the Greatest Hit album after only three years. That's, again, quite common. So All the Greatest Hits album, that's what it's called, All the Greatest Hits, came out the same month, so November 2007. It went platinum and got to number four and included some previously unreleased tracks. The Heart Never Lies, Don't Wake Me Up, and the way you make me feel—they've got a lot of songs that sound like a lot of other songs, yeah. don't they? You may, you may, may the heart do. never lies was released as a single in the October and went to number four. And then, greatest hits was followed in December by the
1: greatest bits, B sides and rarities. That's the one I want. That's the album I want to track down and get a copy of. Uh, it was these greatest hits albums that cemented the idea that they should go independent if they wanted to re- retain some control over. Any of the hefty decisions in their careers, and so at this juncture, they parted company with Island Records, and they launched their own label called Super Records. They also played a fundraiser concert in Dublin for Childline, oh. and after the concert, which was also played up by Rod Stewart, they were invited to fly home on Rod Stewart's private jet. As you do. And when you fly in private jet, you go through a private security entrance. Yes, you do. And you hand over your passports yes, to the you people do. there.
0: <laughs> the handling agent. Yes.
1: Uh, so they hand over their passports to Rod. He returns them at the other end of their journey with the additions of Rod Stewart, grown man, 62, has graffitied all their passports by drawing dicks in permanent marker. So even at 62, men are still obsessed with dicks. They are obsessed with dicks. Needing downtime after
0: the tour, they headed off together. What are these guys? The fucking monkeys. (laughs) On holiday to Barbados, where it was planned they'd have some downtime with their loved ones, who would then head home so the guys could start working on some new songs. This was going to be their first album they'd release independently, so it was being totally self-funded. Hello, O-Town from studio time to promotion and videos and starting off this new venture on the right foot they pissed away their time getting drunk and going to the beach.
1: It's kind of what I do though. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is I can just yes it is. In January of 2008 they flew to Sydney for 10 weeks where they would record album number four the first week of which they pissed away getting drunk and being tourists <laughs> but they very soon settled into a bit of routine they from the But you get the impression they really love Sydney. So oh, I love Sydney. So each morning they'd take surfing lessons. Then they'd take a 40-minute ride into the city from their house in the suburb of Manly. Oh, that's where I lived. Where they'd write and record from 1 o'clock until late in the evening. And they'd invited their girlfriends over to stay with them. And also Anthony Brandt, who they'd met. This was the guy that, that Danny met when auditioning for V. Oh. Who, no spoilers for the next episode. He made it into V and they were also really getting into their healthy living living and going for runs in the morning and eating well.
0: I mean it's easy to do when
1: you've got nice weather. Yeah, and a beach outside your front window. Yeah, Manly Manly Beach is yeah. massive. They topped off this successful recording trip with a gig in Sydney.
0: Nice. On the 14th of July 2008, they released One for the Radio, which was the first single from their fourth album Radio Active. The single charted at number two. One for the radio had been written on the road during the Wonderland tour. It's about the type of people who would slag off McFly whilst obsessively listening to their music anyway.
1: Yeah, it contains a line, so here's to the liars who dream and conspire against the admired. We hope you drop dead. Nice. (laughs) It's very fangirl emotion there, isn't it? (laughs) It became a bit of an anthem for McFly fans. We feel you. We really (laughs) feel you. Fourth album, Radioactive, was released on the 20th of July 2008. By now, the music industry was kind of gradually shifting towards digital downloads for the delivery of music. The iPod was already on its fifth generation and Apple had also introduced the Mini, the Nano, the Shuffle, and more recently, the Touch. Uh, In January that year, Apple's quarterly profits were at $9.6 billion, 42% of which came from iPod sales.
0: It's so interesting to kind of place them in history against these other things. And it
1: it, it kind of has a bearing on the decisions they make. So the evolution of digital downloading... Oh, it must have been the biggest. It was a problem for McFly fans because in order to get a legal digital download, you needed to have a credit card. Um, And the majority of their fan base was under 18, and so they didn't have them. And McFly saw this as an obstacle to their fans getting hold of their music. And so they made quite a groundbreaking decision, especially so for what is an independently funded album, uh, and Radioactive was given away free with a mail on Sunday. Oh, what a shame. This put... <laughs>
0: what a shame it was with the mail.
1: This put two and a half million copies of their album into UK homes. Wow. And it opened up a whole new fan base for, for the McFly guys.
0: <laughs> the mcfly <laughs> Yes.
1: I think digital downloads and the whole... Uh,
0: the The new way of listening to music digitally... Has to be the biggest
1: change in yeah. music, and it has such a bearing on the science of boy bandology. Yes, so I found a really interesting article about how they change the calculations of the charts over time to reflect, you know, where people are grabbing their music from Streams and the percentages. And and stuff. Like, so digital downloads are now we should do a mini on this. Digital mm. downloads now a much higher percentage. Of what goes towards your chart positions than actual sales are. So just because someone has got to number, like you think someone's got to number one, you're like, oh, they've sold half Six a million. million records. Yes. Yeah. And it's not a lot of it's digital downloads, and some of that will come as part of an album. So it's not, it's it, it's so interesting. And we will one day yeah, get into it and I'll do a breakdown. I'll send you the articles. Okay.
0: So on the 15th of September that year, their single Lies was released, which reached number four, and that was their 15th release in just over four years, and their 15th top ten. These guys are fucking incredible. (laughs) Radioactive was then released formally, as in through the normal channels, on the 22nd of September 2008, but they included, on the pay-for version, four additional tracks and a DVD, and it went to number eight.
1: In November, they embark on another arena tour, supported by a boy band called Avenue. Nice. Who we've done. They came up in our reality TV boy oh, bands. They did, yes. And for the first time, they took their album tour overseas, playing shows in Europe, Japan and South America. Harry described their South American <laughs> experience in Unsaid Things, likening it to being in the Beatles in 1964. They couldn't get out of their hotel mm. and at the airports they had to be escorted directly to the plane on the tarmac. Those South Americans fans, uh, there's a
0: lot of boy band fans, a yeah, lot of fangirls th- in South America. Yeah,
1: one group of fans had been in line outside the venue in Sao Paulo for 15 days and that made the national news. The national news flew over in helicopters to film the lines. Uh, it was also the one rock and roll incident in McFly in history. Uh, Harry got Larry after he was told he couldn't invite people back to his room once the hotel bar were closed <laughs> so he pushed a security guy and the police Harry. were called and then he pushed the police too Harry. and he trashed his room well he kind of trashed his room he bent some lamps he smashed a glass on the coffee table and he flung some spaghetti around <laughs> his reaction the next morning was the reaction you'd only get from a member of McFly when told that what he'd done the night before, he went down to reception and burst into tears while apologising profusely. That's so funny in his posh
0: little accent. (laughs) I tell you what, I wouldn't want to fuck about with the Brazilian cops. Did you say this was in Sao Paulo? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no thanks. So 2008 closed out with the release of the double A-side singles Do Ya slash Stay With Me, which was in aid of children in need and reached number 18. Their first single not to make the top
1: 10. Uh, 2009 kicks off with the guys heading back to Australia to record album number five. I
0: lived in Australia in 2009.
1: Do you think they were stalking you? Yes. This strip didn't go quite as well as the previous one. They were really underprepared. The songs they were doing weren't working. And although they recorded t- tracks, for, tracks for 10 songs, they were not the makings of a McFly album. But they did end up with two songs they turned into demos, End of the World and I Need a Woman which Fletch played to Universal, their old label. It was a newer, slightly funkier sound and Universal loved it and they offered them a new contract and this time with more control over what their product was. And having the weight of a big label behind them meant they could start to explore some avenues with new producers, which landed them in the studio with Dallas Austin. Dallas, who inexplicably is named after two of Texas's (laughs) largest cities, had worked with... Britney, Madonna, Michael Jackson and TLC. Wow. Carry in April on. and May,
0: they went on a tour of smaller, more intimate venues called Up Close and This Time It's Personal with 14 UK dates. Plus, once again, shows in South America. This tour was due to hit Mexico, but their dates were cancelled due to the swine flu pandemic.
1: Did you get swine flu? No. Did you get go and get the drugs just in case? No. Did you, did you not ever oh were you in australia in still Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when the swine flu pandemic hit there was all these scare stories about there not being enough drugs but also in the same stories in the papers they'd tell you what the symptoms were so if you were any good you could go to the doctor and fake swine flu and get the drugs so you'd have a backup of drugs yeah with... no i don't think swine
0: flu hit australia so i think we were all right <laughs> so in june they made a surprise appearance at the jonas brothers show at wembley stadium going on stage with them to sing star girl that's so weird though
1: why? There's no connection. I wonder if Jonas wanted Busted and Busted, we're no longer together, so it are <laughs> fly. I don't know. Maybe a Disney connection. Maybe. The Lohan film must have been Disney. Maybe they just admired each other. Okay. Boys in bands with guitars. Uh, they had a quiet summer, and it wasn't until December that Tom, Harry and Danny headed over to Atlanta to do their work with Dallas Austin. Their first day began with Dallas cutting short their studio time and taking them out to dinner with a friend of his. Elton John as you do and it ended with tequila shots back in the studio where they wrestled and gave wedgies to Dallas I mean that's a bit homoerotic yes, D- Dallas the big shot producer they were meant to be trying to impress <laughs> but apparently that kind of thing works for him and by the end of the night he had declared himself the fifth member of McFly
0: oh hang on a minute we've heard this before Lou Polman <laughs> their demo recording days with yeah, Dallas was... hang on didn't Lou Polman get them to wrestle as well <laughs> I don't I mean know I'm not accusing Dallas Austin of being Lou Polman but there's a lot
1: of similarities there <laughs> (laughs) the demo recording days with dallas were slightly different to their australia schedule and most days they would find themselves at a strip club which they claim in their book was because it had a really good restaurant yeah okay
0: at the start of 2010 dallas joined them in london to record the album proper it was around this time that the guys thought about changing other things too starting with smartening
1: themselves up i like how they're constantly rethinking their image yeah They got personal
0: trainers and nutritionists on board and when they returned to Atlanta to finish the album, they had specially catered meals delivered to their hotel and studio. And although recording was going well and they were having a good time, doubts had started to creep in about the final
1: sound. Dallas's recording style was less structured than they were used to. Previously, they had gone into album recordings knowing what they were about to record and with Dallas, it was different But the process at this point had been so long and drawn out. Mm. And if they started from scratch again, it would add another year to when they'd be releasing their next record. And in the boy band arc, that amount of time between your music is a huge deal. Albeit with McFly that aren't really like normal boy bands with a defined timeline. Tom aired his feelings about the new sound to Fletch, who reassured him that he loved it and importantly the record company loved it too so once again the record company's not listening to mm. their they Gone, come back to us you'll have so much more control yeah and at the first stage where he's like i'm not sure about this they're like
0: yeah it's great no, it's great don't worry brilliant. yeah so back in london they met up with tayo cruz to do some songwriting they had written with him before and in one day they wrote shine a light which would become the final track on their next album above the noise shine oh. a light is on i our was about to say playlist. that also yeah.
1: on the ultimate Boyband playlist When they received their master tapes of the album from Dallas, they realised that it just wasn't right. It wasn't really McFly. It was just a bit too polished. Mm -hmm. You could barely hear the guitars, which really, really wasn't very McFly. And although they then spent more time re-recording drums and guitars with their old producer, Jason Perry, this was never going to be an album that they had set out with the intention of making. But everyone else seemed to love it, and they were under pressure to put it out as it had been over two years since their last album... They hadn't been playing a lot of shows and rumours had started to emerge that McFly had split up. And so they decided to put their hearts in it and get behind the album.
0: In September, Elvis is snoring,
1: (laughs) in September they released the first single
0: from the fifth album, Party Girl, which reached number six. By now they had hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter, so with the new album they planned to also tidy up their online presence with the launch of an interactive website called Super City, It would allow fans to subscribe and download CDs before they were released in stores, as well as video streams, web chats, and early access to tickets. They invested almost a million pounds of their own money into it. It was going to cost £40 a year or £6 a month to get first access to Everything McFly. They spoke about the new website in every interview and had a countdown to its launch in
1: November. They'd warned the site's creators that McFly fans stand hard, they could tweet and have thousands of responses in minutes and their online demographic was just huge. That thanks to their online fan power, in 2009, NASA had played a McFly song on the International Space Station, Stargirl. They (laughs) cautioned that when they finally went live, the site would be inundated and that they needed them to ensure that they had the server capacity to cope with the power of McFly. Right, so when Amazon Tickets
0: tried to be a ticket seller, the now defunct Amazon Tickets same thing all the take that fans went on to twitter and said to amazon just so you know it, this is going to crash Ticketmaster crashes all the time when progress went on sale everything crashed for hours mm. you, are you sure that this is going to work ready for fangirls and they were like yeah yeah no problem of course because of course that's what companies say we're and amazon wonderland went on sale and it fucked the fuck up
1: Right. Tell me what happened with this one. Uh, as it launched at ten AM, too many people attempted to access the website shock. all at once, causing it to crash. Oh, big shock. In the first hour, it took somewhere around ten million hits from people trying to join oh, the page. Hello. And and their amazing new project which they'd uploaded that on her demos to Rare Songs, and that they'd been working on personally for almost two years had to be junk for two weeks whilst it was fixed by the so-called experts who just wouldn't listen to McFly.
0: No one listens to McFly. The
1: biggest repercussion for this, though, was that they'd been promoting it and pushing it as the one place that fans would be able to listen to the new music from above the noise, and now they couldn't. Oh, they
0: must have been furious. And there
1: wasn't a backup plan to make that a thing. Like There was no other way to make that happen. That evening, they put out an apology to the fans on Twitter, and fangirls being fangirls, they received nothing but love back from everyone. Oh, Tom speaks in their
0: book about how he secretly wished for the songs and album to fail. He was entering another dark period and his heart wasn't really behind it all. Dougie was also in a bad place and in the midst of a breakup, he moved in with Tom and they would stay up at night drinking together, bemoaning how they hated what McFly had become. It was during one of these late night chats that Dougie said they should fuck it all off. Do one more album for the fans
1: and then call it a day. Tom went into the bathroom and cried. Fifth album, Above the Noise, was released in November 2010. It reached number 20, uh, and the single that they'd written with Tao Cruz, Shine a Light, was also released, and, and that got to number three. Over Christmas, Tom's mood darkened further, and he finally sought help. Two doctors had given him different diagnoses. One said he was bipolar, and another said he wasn't. But on hearing the symptoms, he felt it summed up the highs and lows he'd experienced perfectly. He didn't tell the rest of the guys about what he'd been told, and the only person he did tell was his girlfriend, Giovanna. For Dougie, things were also reaching a bad place, but in a different way to Tom. Having joined the band at 15 and had his first number one under his belt by 17, Dougie's situation had built gradually to where he found himself at the age of 23. From the age of 17, he'd been a drinker. By the time he was 18 he'd begun experimenting with other substances and by the time he had the realisation he wasn't enjoying his choices he just couldn't stop. He could maybe go a month without touching drugs and then he would reward himself his good behaviour with just a little bit. He soon found himself in a place where he'd need a drink before he could start his day and then a drink wasn't enough to even get him up. By the time Harry cottoned on to what was happening Dougie swore him to secrecy. But he lied about how much he was taking and then convinced himself that those lies were the truth. Addiction. Yeah. Just before he was 21, he had started a relationship with Frankie Sanford from the Saturdays. And when they broke up in 2010, it was one less person he needed to hide things from. Definitely addiction.
0: By February 2011, he was at his lowest. Danny, who had been his drinking buddy, although not to the same extent as Dougie had cleaned up his act and quit boozing. Sitting on his kitchen floor, questioning why his life turned out so badly, he made the decision to end it all. He weighed up options for how to do it. He said in the book, "'It was 5am and quiet outside when I stumbled to the garden and found the hose pipe. "'I carried it to my car, out in the street, "'and slid one end of the hose into the exhaust pipe. "'I wound the hose around to the side of the car "'and fed it through a tiny gap in the driver's window.' Then
1: I sat behind the wheel and turned on the ignition. He sat for 20 minutes waiting to fall asleep, but didn't. And as he began to sober up, he turned off the ignition and stumbled from the car, now hating himself even more. He couldn't stop drinking, he couldn't kill himself, and he realised he needed to find himself some help. So he went to see the band doctor and told him everything that had happened, expecting to be prescribed an antidepressant or something, but Dougie was sent to rehab. He had two days before he left, and then this time he needed to tell his bandmates, his best friends, everything that he'd been hiding from them. On the day he was admitted, it was Tom that drove him to the Priory. Tom
0: had himself been to the Priory for a short spell a few months before. Every night for the first week, he would call Harry or Tom in tears. He would also call Matt Willis from Busted, the only other person who he knew that had been to rehab. And slowly Dougie realised that he had wanted to be clean for years and if he didn't do it here and now he would never get another chance. He stayed for the full 28 day programme and walked out sober
1: and straight onto the Above the Noise tour. At the same time they also released the third single from Above the Noise which is That's the Truth which went in at number 35 it was during the tour that the offer came in for Harry to be a contestant on Strictly Come Dancing. Yep. McFly doing celebrity TV wasn't a wild choice. Danny had appeared the year before on Popstar to Opera Star, in which he'd come fifth. Uh, most notably, he'd beat fellow boy bander Donny Osmond. <laughs> I really thought he had bitten him, but I read that. <laughs> <laughs> this was my typo. Most notably, he'd bit fellow boy bander Donny Osmond.
0: Although Harry had previously done a one-off Strictly performance for charity for children in need, his initial answer was no. His bandmates were no help with conflicting reasoning to why he should or shouldn't. His girlfriend Izzy was firmly in the yes bracket and in the end he decided to give it a shot for the
1: experience of doing it. Uh, And Harry's yes to that helps sway Dougie with his own response to the invitation to be on I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here at the end of the year. It was a little later at Tom's house when they discussed the possibility of them both winning the two biggest reality TV shows on British TV. How cool would that be? But what were the chances?
0: Harry began training for Strictly in August and the other three took their time to try and work out the future for McFly and how to move forward from their feelings about Above the Noise. They hired a house in Hollyhead. That was the only accessible at low. That was only accessible at low tide, and packed up Danny's recording equipment and settled in together. Knowing the mistakes they'd made last time, Danny was going to be the producer this time around. With nobody else around to sway and influence the
1: songs, they, it flowed, and they began to develop a sound for the future McFly. With Harry back in London, wowing the nation with his hips, their trip ended for Dougie to get back and do some pre-publicity for I'm a Celebrity. He headed to Australia alone before being dumped in the jungle with his fellow campers in November. The jungle, the starvation and shit in a bucket aside, was a dream for a lover of all creatures, Dougie. Now, if we remember back to the last episode, he bred lizards. Yes. Uh, Tom headed out there the week afterwards as one of the chosen friends and family that would be on standby each day to welcome the evictees across the bridge and back to the real world. Now, my high point so i rabbit hole purely rabbit hole oh, i was Celebrity last night yeah, yeah. i don't remember it originally although oh, i did definitely yeah. watched it but i rabbit hole last night and my favorite favorite quote from dougie on i'm a celebrity are uh, he's chatting with sunita and he realizes that <laughs> sunita used to date brad pitt and they discussed this that how she'd gone out with him for two years and yeah. how they'd met and yeah. his comment was I now know someone that slept with Brad Pitt and that's one step closer to me sleeping with Brad Pitt. (laughs) I feel you, Dougie.
0: (laughs) Among the families, everyone thought the only way is Essex's Mark Wright was going to win King of the Jungle. And so did Dougie. He'd thoroughly enjoyed his time there and got on well with all his campmates, but Mark was getting more tasks and probably more airtime than him. So it was a bit of a shock to Dougie when it came to the final, and on the 3rd of December, it was his name called out as King of the Jungle 2011.
1: Can I just decide, I cannot find on YouTube Dougie doing Celebrity Cyclone, and I'm so desperate to see it. So if anyone's got it or knows a is secret it, is hidden... It not on the ITV player? No.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake.
1: Hotfoot okay. in it swiftly back to London. Two weeks later, bandmate Harry was in the final of Strictly Come Dancing. For American listeners, uh, uh, Strictly Come Dancing is. Dancing with the stars. Thank you. Prior to training, Harry had spoken with Cara Toynton. Who I hate the former girlfriend of Busted's James Bourne, and he got some tips from her as she'd been the winner the year before. There's a reason I hate her. I don't hate her irrationally. (laughs) He'd outdanced politician Edwina Curry, comedian Rory Bremner, take that bestie Lulu and astrologer Russell Grant, among others. And he was in the final three up against actress Chelsea Healy and actor-singer musical theatre specialist Jason Donovan. His quick step and his Argentine tango had scored him top marks during the series and it was this that in the final once again scored him four tens, pipping Chelsea Healy to the top spot by one point to be crowned the 2011 strictly come dancing champion and the rest of mcfly all ran onto the dance floor yeah. to pile in and bruce was had a panic attack was so about funny. who they were what are you doing what are you doing yeah
0: and so a year that began with mcfly in a place of confusion and some distress ended with two absolute highs
1: and that's where we're going to stop for this week we have there's more mcfly to come there's going to be a part three I'm so, I'm so excited. I love so doing this. I wish we could do... Like, can we do a McFly podcast? Yeah. Oh, like, fuck this one off. No, not fuck this one off, but keep going with this one. <laughs> <laughs> this can be our number two podcast. Yeah. We'll just was... throw everything into McFly. Yeah. Fun. But I also kind of want to do an O-Town podcast. Oh. Do you know what we should do? We should do a podcast that's just about boy bands. No, oh,
0: that's a novel idea. <laughs> Niche. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, it would be really nice to focus on one boy band. I get that. I can see the appeal. However... I love that we get to talk about all of them. Yeah, it's wicked.
1: We're a little bit, we we love being whores. Are
0: we doing we do. Are we doing a McFly two thirds score? <laughs>
1: Let's not. No, it's too hard. No, and it's it might too give hard. away the game. Yeah, okay. So we'll 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 yeah. There'll be we'll, the science will come at the end of part three which will be next week hopefully it will just be three parts <laughs> I mean we say that I haven't researched the next pick yet so it so, could keep going up. and
0: going Zoe so turned up earlier and she goes is the reason you're okay with McFly being a three-parter is because you actually want it to be a six-parter because you're enjoying it so much <laughs> and I was
1: like fuck she's figured it out <laughs> right well that's it then for this week yeah thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoy I'm enjoying the McFly story me too so I hope everyone and do i do this for me everyone go when you finish listening to us obviously and you've subscribed to us and five-starred us and done all that shit every week and joined us on Facebook and wherever after that after you've done all the important stuff in life mm. uh, go rabbit hole go go down the bookfly youtube rabbit hole
0: thank you everybody if you'd like to support us Or you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash boyband. You can can support us for just as little as $2 a month. At $10 a month, our merch line starts.
1: Oh, speaking of merch, has everyone got their t-shirts? Yes. um, Yes, we've got... I didn't bring yours around. I completely fucking forgot it. It's at home. For fuck's So We'll post on Instagram. So there there are people out there with
0: merch before we've got it. Right.
1: Like, we keep seeing people posting it. It's, It's fucking wicked. It's... The, the Europe delivery times are slightly wacky. Uh, yeah, so go and find our merch we're at teespring.com. You'll find it on our social media. Uh, I think it's. it's I'm with the boy. Yeah, it's yeah. easier to link from from our social media. That's not my phone. I picked up.
0: That's um, my phone. <laughs> so we're on Instagram at I'm with the boy band.
1: We're on Twitter at the boy band pod, and we're on Facebook. We've got a group and a
0: page. Come find us in the group, the one that you have to request to join. There's a couple of hundred of us in there now. Woo, woo.
1: And we fucking love it. Just There's imagine 100, 200 odd yeah. people you Somebody. can speak to about all your boy band shit that you can't say in the office. Someone posted
0: something Take That related going, Amy, you'll love this. And I was like, fucking love that people think
1: to do that. Hunt you down. Yeah, I like it. I like getting when we get tagged in all the stuff as well. Yes, yeah, so join us on Facebook. And if you want to pop us over an email, we are at... The pod at gmail.com yes Uh, credits this week want to go again go to mcfly and their autobiography unsaid things our story it's brilliant it goes much deeper into their own emotions about some of the things we've talked about this week some of the dark places um dougie's stint in rehab and how that felt for him and also tom's battle with uh not even about. I hate yeah, the, yeah. battles. The wrong word for mental health issues. Uh, how Tom coped with it being yeah. diagnosed bipolar. I think that's the nicest way to put it.
0: Also, I'm obsessed with rehab and kind of fifty percent want to go myself. So I find that stuff really interesting. I can I leave love... this book with you this week. I finished this book. Yay! Great. I'm going to read it. I don't know when. I haven't got time to do anything. But there we go.
1: Okay. Once again, thank you for listening and, and join us next week. To find out who falls at the top of the ultimate boy band chart but remember it's not the boy band that falls at the top of
0: our chart that matters it's the one that was there for you when you needed them the most
1: and got you from there to here bye bye <laughs> <laughs>